What if you were better equipped to beat your best in any situation life throws at you? What if you were able to realize game-changing breakthroughs and achieve your goals fearlessly and without restriction? My mission is to help you level up your mindset to achieve peak performance so you can accomplish the most audacious goals you have in life and in business while embracing the highs and lows of every journey. To do that, I'm going to explore topics that challenge how you think and help explain why you show up in the world the way you do. By accepting the challenge, you'll think better, you'll feel better, you'll perform better every day. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Slover, mindset and peak performance coach, business consultant, thought leader, author, and award-winning educator. And it's a good day to do great things. This is the Quest for Life podcast. One of the things I've been wrestling with lately are the reasons why people don't believe their thoughts and feelings are valid, in addition to allowing others to negatively influence their lives. In short, I've been wrestling with why people give their power away and the connection to the One of the things I've been wrestling with lately are the reasons why people don't believe their thoughts and feelings are valid, in addition to allowing others to negatively influence their lives. In short, I've been wrestling with why people give their power away and the connection to the inability for these people to realize their full potential. For clarification, what I'm not talking about is empowering others. For example, as leaders in business, it's to our advantage to give our decision-making power away to those in our charge, to the extent, of course, we can give our decision-making power away, because it fosters an environment of trust and enhances the relationships between leader and follower. The recipe for this is fairly straightforward. Once people believe we have their best interest in mind, they begin to trust us. Once they trust us, they commit to us. This is why leadership is relational. It's not about the logo. Leadership is relational because once people believe we have their best interests in mind, and once trust is fostered, we become more influential in their lives because they give us that influence. The irony here is fairly straightforward too. If I have decision-making authority, I have the ability to make those decisions without empowering you to make those decisions. And by virtue of having positional authority, I might think of myself as a leader. But what I lose in not giving my power away is I lose the ability to prove to you that I have your best interests in mind and trust ultimately isn't created and downstream commitment isn't created. What I am talking about in the context of the podcast today is giving your power away and its relationship to how you define your self-worth, how it relates to letting guilt drive your decisions and actions, how it relates to self-limiting beliefs, and how it relates to the need to establish or reaffirm boundaries in your relationships with others and, more importantly, your relationship with yourself. And by learning and applying ways to take back your power, it allows you to level up your mindset and gives you a credible shot at achieving peak performance and realizing your potential. Let's get started. I want to start with a couple of questions for you to ponder. First, have you ever felt powerless, like you have no control over your situation? Have you ever felt like everything in your life was going badly? Have you ever felt like you couldn't stop the momentum of things going wrong in your life? If you're like me, the answer is a resounding yes, as all of us feel this way from time to time. It's a normal part of the human experience. 
Now, what I'm not referring to here is when we're children. It's self-evident that as children, we're at the whim of the agendas of adults. For example, if you're a small child and your parents need to go to the grocery, guess what you get to do? If you go to school, you have no control over your teach who your teacher is. You have no control over the curriculum that you're learning. You go based on the whim of the agendas of those in education. If you played sports as a child, you really didn't have control over how much playing time you get. And we won't even get into the politics of parents related to, to, to sports. That's a mind-numbing experience, to be sure. What I am referring to are those situations in life that we have power over, and yet we relinquish our power for any number of reasons. For example, you give away your power when you don't speak up when something's wrong. And when you choose to stay silent, you become a participant. However, actively or passively, you become a participant in the situation you find yourself in. Rather than exercising your power to speak up or state your opinion, you choose what you perceive to be the path of least resistance. By not speaking up, perhaps you avoid conflict in the moment or a conflict downstream. You might feel that your thoughts, ideas, and perspectives aren't worth stating out loud, and by virtue of that, you minimize yourself. The reality is that, you, is that you always have the power to speak up, especially when something's wrong with you or your relationships. Another example is that you wait for someone to give you permission to do something, and by doing this, you effectively outsource your power. You fail to negotiate on your own behalf by simply waiting for someone else to green light your next move or next step. The reality is that if you wait for others to negotiate on your, uh, on your behalf, you're going to be waiting a long time. But when you give yourself permission to go after what you truly want, you exercise your power to create your own life. Another way you give your power away is by procrastinating or avoiding making a decision. Ironically, when you fail to make a decision, you are, in fact, making a decision, a decision not to choose this or that. You don't want to pick A, you don't want to pick B, and not making a decision is effectively picking C. From there, a negative feedback loop starts gaining momentum and you become a victim of whatever unfolds, which invariably leads to feelings of anger, bitterness, and resentment. And we've long since established on the Quest for Life podcast that anger, bitterness, and resentment are a cancer for any relationship, whether it's a relationship with someone else or a relationship with yourself. The reality is that, is that by advocating for yourself, by exercising your power to take decisive action, it allows you to regain your power and not play the victim in your own story. Be sure to check out season two, episode 19 of the Quest for Life podcast, the stories we tell ourselves. A final example that I'll discuss here, and there are innumerable examples of how you give your power away, is that you play small. Said differently, you know you have potential for more. You have the intellect and the skill to make more of a difference in your own life and the lives of others, and yet you don't go down that road because it's scary or uncertain. You don't go down that road because you desire the safety of certainty more than taking risk to pursue and attain your potential. By doing this, you give your power away because you aren't using your strengths, gifts, and talents to their fullest. In those moments, you might feel like you're not ready, but I'm here to tell you, you're ready enough. You're not ready 
for your first job out of high school or college. You're ready enough. You're not ready to get married. You're ready enough. You're certainly not going to be ready to have children. But when that time comes, you'll be ready enough. Someone has made a decision to hire you. They believe in you, ground in their belief in you. If someone says yes to a marriage proposal and you're not sure if you're ready to, to, to be married, ground in the compliment they paid you by saying yes. If you're about ready to have a child, and please know you're not going to be ready to have a child, trust in the, in the reality that, that God has made you ready enough to help steward the lives of your children. Right? So how do these things happen? How do we let these things happen? How do we give our power away? I mean, we don't set out to give our power away, right? Interestingly, there are plenty of ways you give your power away and you might not even realize you're doing it. Here are some signs. Number one, you give, you give into guilt trips. When someone guilts you, it tugs on your heartstrings and you want to be seen favorably by that person. And so you give into their guilt trip and as a result, you give your power away. Be sure to check out season one, episode 22 of the Quest for Life podcast aptly titled Guilt Trips. Number two, you place your self-worth in the hands of others. You let other people's thoughts, ideas, and perspectives about you define how you feel about yourself. And we've talked about this over and over again. When we put our self-worth in the hands of others, it's a moving target. The goalpost will always move on you. Number three, you have difficulty setting boundaries. You may not be aware, but setting clear boundaries are an integral part of a, a healthy, positive, productive relationship. And I'm not just talking about physical boundaries, al although those are extremely important. I am talking about boundaries that help create a psychologically and emotionally safe environment. By not doing so, by not setting boundaries, you subject yourself to unhealthy relationships. This could take the form of verbal abuse, certainly can take the form of physical abuse. One of the things that, that I don't appreciate at all, and I have a very, very clearly defined boundary on this, is anything resembling disrespect. Earlier this week, there was a custodian that was getting ready to clean the men's room, and I was approaching the men's room. Now, throughout this year, I see this person most every day, and God bless him. He could not be more annoyed by me entering the building because I disrupt his rhythm. Now, I, I can, and I can appreciate that, but it got to the point where this week I'm getting ready to enter the men's room and he sees me and he turns and grunted and just gave me a look of contempt. I called him out on it. I might even have barked a little bit, just letting him know that under... In, under no circumstances was I trying to be disrespectful of him or his time and that I appreciated his work. But what I didn't appreciate was him looking at me contemptuously by simply wanting to use the restroom. Boundary setting is extraordinarily important. Number four, you hold grudges. What's funny about holding grudges or holding on to anger, bitterness, and resentment is that in almost every case, doing so doesn't affect the other person, but wreaks havoc on you. When someone has wronged you yesterday or hurt you 10 years ago, holding grudges takes up space in your life and disallows you from exercising your power in other areas. Number five, 
you're hypersensitive to criticism, which can lead to self-limiting beliefs. What's fascinating about this one is that we intuitively know that getting feedback from others can be instrumental to realizing our potential. The obvious challenge is that you internalize feedback as criticism, and it can prevent you from living your best life because you limit yourself by giving your power away. And speaking of space, self-limiting self beliefs take up an inordinate amount of space. Said differently, you place so much emphasis on what you can't do or can't accomplish, there's simply no room left for those things that are well within your power to control. A bitter irony, to be sure. Okay, now that you know ways you relinquish your power and some of the potential reasons for doing so, and there are a lot more, let's discuss how you can take back your power. First, take responsibility for your life. Acknowledge that when bad things happen, they're not necessarily your fault, but it's your responsibility to deal with it and or overcome it. In today's day and age, however, this is quite challenging as society has grown to accept that everyone's a victim and taking responsibility requires much more energy and effort than the attention people get from playing the blame game and the victim card. And this makes sense when we understand how the brain works. Please know that our brain doesn't differentiate between types of attention. If I do something well and someone celebrates that by positively, positively reinforcing. A bitter irony, to be sure. Okay, now that you know the ways you relinquish your power and some of the potential reasons for doing so, and there are a lot more, let's discuss how you can take back your power. First, take responsibility for your life. Acknowledge that when bad things happen, they're not necessarily your fault, but it's your responsibility to deal with it or overcome it. In today's day and age, however, this is quite challenging as society has grown to accept that everyone's a victim and taking responsibility simply requires more energy and effort than the attention people get from playing the blame game or the victim card. This makes even more sense when we understand how the brain works. Our brains don't differentiate between types of attention. If you are positively reinforced by someone for having done something well, it cuts a neurochemical groove and that feels good. You get a nice little squirt of dopamine. If you end up engaging in a conversation with someone else and you're complaining and you're given attention for having complained, that cuts a neurochemical groove and you get a squirt of dopamine, which is if you ever are curious as to why people poo poo life and they continue to poo poo life, that's why it really is neurochemical habit that's being formed. But by taking responsibility for your own thoughts, decisions, and actions, you reclaim power over your life. Next, reframe your mindset. According to the organization BetterHelp, which is the world's largest online therapy service helping people work through issues like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, and the like, cognitive reframing is the process of shifting your perspective by replacing negative or flawed thought patterns with more realistic and positive ones, which helps to improve mood, mental health, and general well-being. This is important because negative or flawed thought patterns, also known as cognitive distortions, show up as all or nothing thinking. This is thinking in extremes. 
mental filtering, which emphasizes the negative and minimizes the good, and mind reading. Mind reading is mind numbing to think about because we make assumptions of what other people are thinking and we can't accurately predict what other people are thinking. By reframing your thoughts and focusing on solutions to the problems in front of you, it allows you to take back power over your life. For example, let's say you were getting ready to go for a run and you wake up and it's raining outside. Well, it's really easy to say, you know what, I'm just not going to do it today because Mother Nature got in my way. I'm not going to I'm not going to you know, go outside and get wet. That would be an example of all or nothing thinking, or you might just emphasize the, the negative and just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I just don't have the motivation to do it now that it's raining. I, I wanted to run you know, when the sun was shining, and that'd be an example, example of mental filtering. Reframing your mindset, though, allows you to stop externalizing your reality, which can lead to a victim mentality and allows you to start internalizing your reality by being able to find the good or opportunity in situations that can still lead to you accomplishing your goals. Maybe you wait until the rain stops. Maybe you do something else that allows you to get your work in work out in that day. Still another way for you to reclaim your power in your life is to set an intention for your life. You may think of these as short or long-term goals. No matter how you conceive it, setting an intention for your life gives you an aim, and human beings are goal-oriented creatures by nature. Unfortunately, our society has become far too accepting of people being listless and aimless. Did you know that there are currently 7 million men, so I'm not even talking about women, but there are 7 million men that aren't actively seeking employment? which calls into question how we report unemployment numbers because unemployment numbers deal with people who are uh, either employed or intending to be employed. And it doesn't account for the 7 million men that have no intention of being uh, unemployed. If you want to take back power over your life, set an intention to spend your time and attention on that intention. For example, you might have the intention to earn a six-figure salary. Set yourself up to push toward that goal. You might, you might have an aim to get married. Set yourself up to get married and, and start creating the life that you want. You might eventually want to start a family. You might want to purchase a home. You might want to get a degree. And by virtue of getting a degree, that might tie into you earning a six-figure salary. The trick here is to make sure that the intention you set is bigger than any excuse you can come up with to not show up and push toward what you intend. Another way of stating this is that life is about incentives and payoffs. For example, if the incentive of pursuing what you intend and the perceived payoff of achieving what you intend is equal to or less than any alternative, you'll continue giving your power away because your excuses are greater than the intention. For example, if you intend on changing your lifestyle by losing weight and eating healthier, this must be more important to you than coming home from work and lounging on the sofa eating a bag of salty snacks or sweets. And until it's more important, nothing will change, which relates back to the previous comments about reframing your mindset. Until the excuses are less important than your prioritized intention, nothing will change. Finally, in order to reclaim power over your life, you need to find ways to value yourself more than how and why you value the opinions of others. 
Now, I'm not naive in the understanding that other people's thoughts, ideas, and perspectives of us don't matter. They do. But they shouldn't be given disproportionate amount of weight in our lives, particularly if it leads to us giving our power away. For example, I care deeply what my wife and daughters think of me. I care deeply how my friends and business associates perceive me. Their validation matters, but it doesn't supersede how I perceive myself. I'm much more concerned with living by and through the values I've established in my life. Do I care about what they think? Yes. Do I elicit feedback from them? Absolutely. Do I let it define my self-worth? I do not. You see, when you live by and through your own values, the target doesn't move, which is quite different than when we put our self-worth in the hands of others. After all, everyone has an opinion and the power to communicate it. You, however, don't always have to take that opinion as truth about you. All of this is really, really simple to say out loud, but none of it is easy. As we put a bow on another episode of the Quest for Life podcast, I encourage you to give some thought to how you define your self-worth, how it relates to letting guilt drive your decisions and actions, how it relates to self-limiting beliefs, and how it relates to the need to reestablish or reaffirm boundaries in your own relationships, or more importantly, your relationship with yourself. From there, consider ways you knowingly or unknowingly give your power away and what it would mean for your life if you reclaimed your power. Then answer the question, what's the downside? If you are a listener of the Quest for Life podcast, and if you've ever been in a conversation with me, you know that when we come across those things in our life that don't have a downside, we should probably do them. Doing this work, and it is work will not only level up your mindset, but it will give you the best shot at achieving peak performance and realizing the call of your potential. As usual, it's food for thought, fellow questers. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the show and pass it on to a friend. You can download the show notes at thequestforlife.com. That's the quest number for life.com. You can also connect with me if you're interested in learning more about leveling up your mindset to achieve peak performance in all areas of your life. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining the conversation.